Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest state in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Magic has a way of uniting. Happy 16th birthday, child. I have a gift for my favorite customers. Legend has it, it's on the 16th birthday that a witch gets her powers. We have to steal their souls. Whoa, 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 wait, can we talk about this? No. <laughs> we must fly! We run Not freak out. The provincial maniac obsessed with getting revenge on Salem sounds very bad for Salem. We should get some salt. Why? So we taste better when they eat us? Six feet under. Stop! I am a good zombie. Welcome everyone to a valent take two, three, two, one. Welcome everyone to a very Salemific, Salemific episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and joining me... Kyra Hawkins. I thought you were like going to... I thought there was more to the sentence, so I was waiting for you to keep talking, and then you didn't. I was like, oh. <laughs> we are actually doing something that I don't think we've ever done in the 100-plus episodes of Be Kind Rewind. We are actually doing a double feature this podcast is actually going to be our halloween episode so we are very spooky rific in anticipation and because of that we are covering a movie that came out in july of 1993 i believe yep and then the sequel which just hit disney plus on september the 30th and if you have no clue what we're talking about we are talking about the Bette Midler device known as Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus 2. The original movie did $45.4 million, which 
is really surprising unless it was because it was a July release. Mm-hmm. And if you have never seen that movie, you're definitely not watching TV during uh, October. Because I think it runs at least 23 times on ABC Family now. Yeah, they play it on Freeform, like, it seems like almost every day. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is Freeform now, I think, because they changed the name again. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like, so it actually got kind of not great reviews. Um, and, like, I think I saw they had released it in the summer so that it wouldn't compete with, um, like, Nightmare Before Christmas, maybe? Hmm. There was, like, some other release at the time that they didn't want it to go up against. And I feel like, like, I'm, I haven't, like, verified this, but I feel like I <laughs> have seen before that, like, it was supposed to be a Disney Channel movie. Well, that's actually very interesting, considering the original was an hour and 36-minute runtime, so that would fit right in a nice little two-hour pocket. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it was a box office bomb. They lost $16 million on it, which is, I mean, at the time, obviously, <laughs> they've more than made made up for that since then. Yeah. So, obviously, both of us have watched it a couple of times, considering Kyra actually has a Squad Goal shirt on. I wish we could put this up on video of her with the three witches on her shirt. And it is actually something that we watch at Casa de Tietz at least once during October just to get us into the Halloween mood. And now that the sequel is out, we'll probably do the little double feature every year. And when the world's youngest podcast host is old enough to appreciate it, we will indoctrinate him into this Bette Midler movie. This will probably be the only Bette Midler movie that he will want to watch. Um... I think it's pretty safe for me to say I've watched it at least once every year since it came <laughs> out. Um, I don't think I, I... I feel like we might have gone to see it in the theater when I was... Uh, well, I would have been 10 when it came out. So I don't really remember, but I feel like I feel like we did see it in the theater. And then, of course, we owned the VHS um, and probably wore that out growing up. And so... I grew up on it. Both my kids have grown up on it. We start watching it in September, and it gets multiple viewings. Now, do you have... Well, of course you've got Disney+, Plus, but mm-hmm. do you have DVD, Blu-ray, VHS? What type of paraphernalia do you watch it on? Um, I'm pretty sure I have a digital copy... I, th- I should just know that, but like since we've had <laughs> Disney+, Plus, we just have been watching it on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So- um but i have a blu-ray also i think the only way that we can watch it is when it is on whatever freeform is called this week (laughs) as well as on disney plus now i don't think we actually own any copies but this is actually one of my wife's favorite halloween movies it's so good yeah it's just like i don't know it's classic there's I, I think about this every year. Um, like it, it has problems like plot holes and and weird little things, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, because it's a Disney movie where you can actually turn off your brain 
and just have a good time. Yeah. So, we are not going to do a synopsis because we have two movies and I'm sure you don't want to sit here and listen to me bore on for 15 minutes with both of the synopsis. So, we are actually just going to go ahead and jump right on in to our recap, what we both have written down, and then we will discuss it. From Now, on the first one, my first note is that when Thackeray actually knocks over the cauldron, shouldn't that burn him? It didn't seem like he was even phased by a boiling hot cauldron that is on a flaming hot pile of sticks. You, you know what? Um, of all the things that I've noticed about this movie that are plot holes <laughs> or that don't make sense, that is one I have never considered huh <laughs> okay but so we have him come in he tries to save his sister of course that goes horribly horribly wrong and he gets turned into a cat for his trouble and then the three witches who are winifred mary and sarah sarah okay they get caught by the people of Salem and get hanged, which is kind of weird because it's Salem, Massachusetts in the 1600s, and I thought they burned witches. Sorry, I muted myself for a second. Um, yeah, that that's not something I really thought of either. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this is easy. It's like, it's easier to show hanging, I guess. Yeah. But right before they get hanged, they put a curse that they can come back if someone burns, if a virgin, which is a very big plot device in both the original and I did not see it coming in the sequel. Yeah. If they, if they burn a black, if a virgin burns the black flame candle, they can return to Salem and run amuck, 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 amuck. And so we fast forward 300 plus years to Salem of 1993 for the first one. And we have the children all sitting in their high schools talking about the Sanderson sisters who have become famous because they're the only good thing that came out of Salem, it seems like. And the one child who is a California hippie through and through says that Halloween is a conspiracy created by the candy company. Lies. Yes. No. Fake news. It's not yeah. lies. It's fake news nowadays. So we we have him drive home and he meets the girl of his dreams and they break into the museum. And I... That's another plot hole. They don't actually show how they got into the museum. Yeah. Well, I mean, she said that her mom used to run the museum. So I I guess, like, it's possible that, like, she stole a key or something. Um, the part of this scene that always gets me is um, that there's still electricity connected to this building. Yeah. Um, if it's been closed for however long. Which obviously it has. Um, uh, so yeah, like I always notice, like they look for a light switch and turn the lights on, and it's just like 
why is there still electricity to this building? Well, obviously it gets very cold in the winters and they don't want for it to, they probably have an electric heater somewhere to keep things nice and toasty for the return of the Sanderson sisters. Plot device. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. And so, of course, Daniel is, uh, I'm sorry, Max is a virgin. Surprise, surprise. Because he's a California hippie. And he lights the candle, and we have the Sanderson sisters come back to life, and they give us the plot or the title of the movie 30 minutes in, which is totally 90s because it seems like every movie during that time you had them try to work in the actual um, title of the movie somewhere in it. So we were like, oh, well, that's right. We are watching Hocus Pocus. Oh, I thought you meant like a title card, and I was like, whoa, you're super wrong. But I got... Yeah, you didn't see Bette Midler pop up right as she reappears and throws up the sign that says, Hocus Pocus. No, I got got what you're saying now, because he says, it's just a bunch of Hocus Pocus. I was like, no, Dan, there was a title card at the very beginning of the movie. It was on the front of the book. Did you watch it? Oh, oh yeah, no. We're, okay, I think we're on the same page of the book now. <laughs> so, since the Sanderson sisters haven't been around for 300 years, Max decides to work that to his advantage, and he tells them to bring upon them the burning rain of death, a.k.a. the sprinkler suit. And this is the first of several things that the children from the future reek upon the witches from 1600s namely the fake sunrise that ultimately does them in which is a car headlight with a red tinted piece of cellophane i'm guessing over top of it it looked like paper i've never known but like yeah he tricks them with the burning rain of death they steal the book her spell book um i think Binks, the cat from who was turned into a cat at the beginning of the movie, maybe tells him to grab the book. I don't remember. Um, yeah, because Binks starts talking, which of course freaks Max out. But I mean, if you grew up watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch, you're used to seeing a talking cat every Friday night and twice on Saturdays. Yeah, I um, read that they actually used um, a couple of the same animatronic cats. <laughs> For both of these things. So that's fun. But somehow the witch's spell book was protected by magic. Which, who would have figured? Yeah, it only makes sense. Yeah. Um, I I love, um, what am I trying to say? They think <laughs> that the road is a river. Um, which, yeah. I like, it's funny to think. They've never seen pavement before. Um, yeah, and of course... Um, Winifred doesn't want to be the first one to get eaten up, so she pushes out Sarah into it, and then she just starts dancing around, because she's the airhead of the bun, and she's probably my favorite of the sisters, just because she has all the crazy lines, whereas Mary has the crazy facial expression, and then you just have Bette Midler singing, so, perfect trio. (laughs) And so... The it's Danny who is Max's younger sister and Allison and Max 
start running through town, and the sisters start pursuing them, and they run in to Gary Marshall playing Satan. Okay, so here's the plot hole. Um, so I love this scene so much because it's so fun to see Gary and Penny Marshall, who, of course, are brother and sister, or were brother and sister, um, playing the married couple. They're, they're so funny in that scene. and um, uh, But it's, like, it's kind of silly and doesn't make sense that they seem to, like, they believe that he's really Satan um, when you think that they have met him before. I don't know. Maybe they... Maybe he takes on different forms, and they just well, think because of that. I mean, if we're going to go ahead and jump to the second movie, I don't think they ever met Satan. So when you just see somebody that's been personified, or the what they had been brought up for Satan to look like, mm-hmm. that might have been the whole oh, well, our Lord, we have to serve you, and you're our master. And But Penny and Gary Marshall are actually not even credited in the movie. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I laughed because for some reason I had missed their part whenever I watched it in the past. I might have just been out of the room, whatever. And then I started looking on IMDb, and I'm like, wait a minute, they're in this? I need to pay closer attention just to see how long they're actually in the movie mm-hmm. for their uncredited scene. And it's it's wonderful. Um, I love they get a little more exposure to 1993 technology. Mm-hmm. I love um, Mary learning to use the remote control. <laughs> um, and the uh, DuPont Stainmaster commercial with the baby in the walker. Um, I remember that commercial being on TV when I was a kid. <laughs> And so, like, I love that it's kind of immortal, immortalized in this mm-hmm. film. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's just an extra bonus little funny thing. So, we, they run in front of the school, and for some reason, I wrote down the name of it is Jacob Bailey High School. Mm-hmm. And we were when we were watching the sequel, I don't think that the high school was named Jacob Bailey. No, it was Salem High School, which, um, which? I, yeah, which Salem High School, which really bothered me when I realized, like, I think, uh, I think that they had actually the original movie school was a real school that had mm-hmm. like closed or something, and then um, they they had filmed the first movie in Salem. And the second movie was filmed in Rhode Island. So it's probably, I mean, there's that. And maybe that building had been demolished. I don't know. I wish that they had made it the same school. Like, they could have, I mean, it's 2022. They could have, like, faked the outside of it. Mm-hmm. And we would use the, have... use the same facade or something like that. Yeah. So... Yeah. I wish they'd, they'd done that instead of having a whole other school. But... Whatever. Um, I think we kind of skipped over the part where the parents of, I guess, every kid in town, except for the parents that are out, like, are at home handing out candy, all the other parents are at a big party at Town Hall. Yeah, where... I was I was about to mention that I couldn't remember where the party from the first movie was, because I, oh. I didn't write it down 
but that severely dates it when you have the mom in a Madonna bustier. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like right after that because the kids, you know, have realized how much danger they're in and they go to find the parents to tell them. And, of course, the witches show up, curse the parents to dance all night or until they die. Mm-hmm. Her, until they die, which they, for mm-hmm. most parents would be all night. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially if there's, like, parents of really young kids there. Um, <laughs> although... Older kids are difficult, too. Yeah. Um, and we get that super fun Sanderson sister cover of I Put a Spell on You, which is what they use to enchant them. So good. Like, I remember my dad hated this scene. He just didn't really like Bette Midler. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. My dad, like, complains about a lot of things, and that's one of them. So, um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It's just, it's fun. It's classic. Yeah. It is- scene I think informs some of the stuff that happens in the second movie mm-hmm. which we'll get to yeah and so the kids run out and they end up at Jacob Bailey High School which is a really cool old building yes and my wife and I had both looked at each other because they trick the the sisters in with a boombox into what I thought was an incinerator, but it is a it's a um, kiln for, for pottery. Yes, for pottery. And I actually wrote down, why would a school have a full sized incinerator? Because that, well, I mean it's Salem, so they might have to dispose of things that we don't talk about. But but the sisters get trapped and we think they're gone because green smoke comes out of the comes out of the chimney and there is much rejoicing mhm and so as kids did in the 90s max and allison went back to his room and fell asleep and allison wakes up i think at 5am and realizes what time it is and Binks is sleeping with Danny, and there, and she starts to feel sorry for, for Binks, and they start looking into the book for a reversal spell, and suddenly a light shines out of the middle of the Necronomicon. Yes, and, and the kids are oblivious to this. Meanwhile, the witches have like reconstituted. Um, inside the kiln, the door pops open. They say some things. Is maybe it's in French? Because mm-hmm. uh, there was, it was like they were playing a tape of foreign language or something to lure them in. That that's always funny to me. They go back to their cottage and are despairing because they don't have the book. They can't make more potion. Um, and as they're preparing to say goodbye to the world is when Winnie sees the beacon of light summoning her to the uh, Denison house. Yeah, and so it struck me as very odd that you have this bright, shining light coming out of the middle of your book, and you don't instantly close it. Or even or, it. Yeah, or even acknowledge it. 
and it takes Banks actually jumping up, knocking the book out of Allison's hands, and saying, what have you done? And, of course, the sisters come in, tear down the, tear the roof off the place, literally, and kidnap Banks and Danny and take off with the book. And so Allison and Max chase after them, and was it Sarah that started singing now that brought the kids towards the house so they could have an uh, unlimited she's supply? The, she's the one that, like, does the luring, um, sings her beautiful song. I remember being a kid and thinking, wow, Sarah Jessica Parker can really sing. Um, and so, like, the whole town of children is heading that way. How do their parents not notice? Like, not every single well, parent is at that party. No, but if you're like most parents, and speaking as the father of a 21-month-old, when you go to sleep, you only get woke up if your child starts crying during the night. If he just climbs out of his window, you might not notice unless you, unless you have an alarm system. That would be my opinion. Of course, maybe... In Salem, there aren't any children under the age of where the parents have to really worry about them. So they are all out dancing the night away. Literally. But, so, like I said, Max and Allison try to figure out the fake sunrise. And it's a bright red light that hits the three sisters. And they think, oh, we're doomed. And they just collapse. They die comically for the second time yeah. in the movie, which it's you would think that it would be like, oh, this again. But it's just so funny. Yeah. And then after several moments, they realize, oh, we aren't dead. And so they start trying to reconstitute the formula to live forever because they're down to a very short time. And, oh, actually... I just realized I put this in a, in the wrong place. Somewhere during all of the chasing and whatever, the old quote-unquote boyfriend, Billy Butcherson, shows up. Oh, yeah, they go and get him. Um, I think it's at the beginning of the movie. And it occurred to me that Billy was actually the first Disney zombie. Because oh. zombies are a very big thing now. Yeah, there's... Three movies? Yeah. So it may be interesting to see if Billy makes a cameo in any of those. Just because. <laughs> so Billy has chased the kids and literally lost his head a couple of times. And so somehow the two hooligans in Salem were captured by the sisters. And they're hanging up in cages which i have no clue where the cages came from in the house because they weren't there when it was a museum where was it i don't i don't remember seeing them but i mean they're witches oh so they just conjured them okay Maybe. i mean i'll i'll get i'll give it a no prize but but it's probably because i'm looking at it just through an analytical and things don't add up but so they make this pot of witch's brew, which is supposed to be drank by a child, 
and then they can take their life force and live on for a little bit longer. And Max and Allison bust in, knock over the cauldron again. No one gets hurt, and all that is left is enough for one final vial. Yeah, enough for one child, which it's like, if they can get that into a kid and then, like, eat them, I guess, <laughs> then um, then they're good to go, and they can just do more. Like, they'll make it through the night. Yeah. And uh, this is where, like, I know people love to point this out. Like there's all these kids coming towards them. Like, cause she's lured the whole town. Mm-hmm. Um, they could get any of, of those kids and then live to see another day and then go and get the ones that have been terrorizing them all mm-hmm. night. But instead, um, like Winifred can't see past her rage at the injustices at the hands of these kids. Mm-hmm. So she's got to have, that one kid. She wants Danny. It's silly, like, that she's, she can't see past it enough to be just like, there's all these kids right here. I think that one of the sisters even points it out. She's like, yeah. nope, I want that kid. No, because she, because she called me ugly. Yeah. So, as the children are coming, Max knocks over the, Max knocks over the cauldron and they just have enough for the one. And somehow the Danny escapes and they chase them into the graveyard. Yeah, so they're in Max's parents' car and um, driving with the windows down, which you which is silly because it's you think it's cold. <laughs> but then, like Winifred flies up next to him and says one of the most baffling lines in the movie, um, like tells him to pull over and get out his driver's permit or something. And, like, she doesn't, she shouldn't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, It's not the only time we see this happen in this movie. It's just, like, one of the more obvious ones. It's just funny. They don't think of it. And then they end up, of course, back at Old Burial Hill, the cemetery. Yeah, and Billy gets sicked on them to try to help the sisters. And... Max gets into a fight with Winifred, and they're up on the on Winnie's broom, and somehow Max ends up with a vial, and he drinks it, and he's like, well, you gotta come get me, and suddenly it's morning, and Winnie falls off and turns into a stone statue, and the other two girls poof, and then Winnie poofs, and the movie is over, except for the parents coming out and saying, wow, what happened? It seems like we danced all night. Yeah, and Thackeray Binks is reunited with his sister from the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. Everybody is happy. Um, I have to imagine that Max and Danny's parents were very confused about the giant <laughs> on their roof when they got home. But we just have to wonder about that. Yeah, because that's not quite covered under your normal homeowner's insurance policy. Yeah. So, and of course we have the book opening its eyes, saying that there will be a sequel. And so we fast forward 30 years into the future to 2022. 
and we get thrust back even further in the past to a very well she's not young because she just turned 16 yeah which is a very important part of the movie but we see the original backstory of the sisters and how they loved each other and how a red winged crow turns into a woman and gives them the book and says well you have something that's very important and that's family here is i have issues with this okay so like i i love the first movie um it has my heart forever (laughs) as far as hocus pocus 2 i really liked it i had fun but Mm -hmm. um i feel like i could pick this movie apart for hours and we don't have that much time but like um I loved seeing the backstory here with, you know, how they get the book and how they discovered that they're witches. Um, I feel like they wasted Hannah Waddingham's talent here. Um, she's a brilliant actress. And um, as soon as she appeared as I think in the credits, it's mother, Witch. Um, she doesn't have a name. I don't think I, I I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure in the credits she's listed as mother, Witch. um, but like I wanted more of her. I didn't, um, as soon as she was on screen, I was captivated. Like she was as sinister and scary as the witches in the original movie, Mm -hmm. but she like had a couple little jokes. Um, and I just wished we had more because she was so good. Yeah. See her again. And when I saw her, I was like, all right, so they're going to introduce a fourth sister into this movie or someone who is a mother figure. And she's going to show them how to run amok. Amok, amok, amok. Have yeah. to do it. But not, that's not what we get. Yeah. And. Of I mean, course, I haven't. I hadn't read any spoilers. I knew nothing at all about it, other than it was coming and was excited about it. So I didn't really know what to expect. And yeah, she's in the movie for maybe five minutes, mm-hmm. and she could have very easily made a reappearance at the end of this movie and introduced herself to the new coven. Yeah, I was expecting it because you see the bird at the beginning fly Mm. over old 1600 Salem. And then you see the bird flying over 2022 Salem. Um, It's it's not implied. It's like really obvious Mm. that um, the bird is Mother Witch. And so we see that bird two, three more times throughout the movie. So she was there the whole time. Like, I know they're probably setting it up for another movie, um, but I was so annoyed that we didn't see her again, especially, (laughs) like you said, at the end, um, when it would have made so much sense. Um, Because, you know, she mentions, oh, there's like the all-powerful spell Magicka or Magicae Mystica that she, like, Winifred's excited about, and she is like, don't ever do that one. It's too strong. It's too powerful. Um, Like, it gives her a pretty stern warning. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, like, 
implies that she lost, I mean, doesn't imply it. She says she lost her coven. I'm wondering if she sacrificed him using like to do that spell. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like that might be the case. And I just, I, when, when it gets to that part at the end, all I could think was like, where is she? Like she mm-hmm. should be here to like warn her, warn Winifred again, or I don't know. It just made so much sense and it didn't happen. Yeah. I, we've gotten ahead of ourselves. Well, no, I mean, that, that this is, this is the whole reason why we're, we're doing it like this. There, there isn't any getting ahead, getting behind anything like that. So we, one thing before we actually jump to the present, I loved the fact that the Reverend was scared of the spider. Being a man that is a serious arachnophobe, it just, it made me laugh because he was talking about the work of the spider and get away from the eight-legged hairy devil. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm with you, man. You stay away from those things. They're bad news. (laughs) Yeah, and it brought some humor to that kind of dark moment at the beginning. Um I so I feel like this opening sequence explained a lot about the Sanderson sisters that we all know and love, mm-hmm. but they didn't seem as scary and as sinister in this movie to, until like the very end, which we'll get to that, I guess. I don't know. I just didn't feel as scared of them, and I really wanted to. Well... And see, I'm thinking there was so many opportunities for them to, like, sprinkle in, like, maybe scenes of Winnie doing magic, learning the spells, things like that. Because it seems like in the first movie, she was so... she knew her stuff. Yeah, she was pretty powerful. And I would have loved to have seen... Like that as the backstory, or even just sprinkled in where you're jumping back and forth because you have this new witch that is just coming into her power. And of course, she's a virgin. And we have a second black flame candle, which was really out of left field. Mm-hmm. Because I was trying to figure out how they were going to come back from the incineration basically from the first movie and come to find out there's this kid that just happened to be there in the perfect place at the very wrong time right and so he dedicates his life to learning about the sanderson sisters and now he is running a not an apothecary what they just call it a magic shop yeah so he's running a magic shop out of their house um I actually loved the Gilbert backstory that we get of how he saw them on that night in 1993. Um, and then how the book taught him how to make another candle. I, I wondered how they would do it. I thought that was perfect. It, it, as he's telling the story, he mentions like a group of boys stole all my candy. Mm-hmm. There's a group of boys stealing all those kids candy in the yeah. first movie, um, we see uh, Danny, Max, and Allison, although it was different actors playing them because it's just like their silhouettes or whatever. But we mm-hmm. see them. It tied it all together really well. So I, I liked how they did that. 
Yeah, and so there's a new girl who is just turning 16, and she's born on Halloween, and Gilbert gives her a gift because every Halloween... Her and her two friends had gotten together and done something in the woods where the Sanderson sisters had seen Mother Witch. And so they light the candle and instead of it being a normal healthy yellow, it's the black. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Did not see that coming. And of course we have the Sanderson sisters resurrected. And this was kind of a problem for me because I was trying to figure out, well, if they were, if they died in the cemetery, why were they brought back in the middle of the wood? Right. Um, I don't, well, it's like a sacred place or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't even occur to me. What, what I didn't like about this part was how they, show up and instantly start like singing this big production song um, to no one except mm-hmm. a couple of scared girls whose names, by the way, are um, Becca and Izzy. Um, the only part about this that worked for me is as they're terrified and running away, one of them says, who are they be- performing for? <laughs> and then you get like the best jump scare in the entire movie where as soon as she finishes the question, who are they performing for? Sarah's in her face saying, you. And that, like, to go from, like, this silly song that I didn't really like to that was jarring. Um, I really liked that. I wish they had done it a little differently, like, with the song part. But the jump scare was perfect. And so Becca starts trying to get away. And then she realizes that of who these women are and they start trying to find out where to find children where to get potions and so of course the girls take them to Walgreens because I mean why not yeah so you have your you have your huge product placement right there yes I like that she, uh, I think it's Izzy, is like, we're not teenagers, we're we're 40. Um, and then telling them that they look young because you don't have to brew the potions anymore. You can just go buy them. They already have the souls mixed in. Um, I thought that was cute. But then, yeah, we do get like a 10-minute Walgreens commercial. Yeah, and so the sisters start eating all the very not savory mixtures and Sarah says that retinol is a charming name for a child which made me laugh I so I wanted to like I was a little annoyed that it was basically just a Walgreens commercial but (laughs) I liked the the scene of them like drinking and spraying the perfume in their mouth and um, my favorite part was when Mary held up a sheet mask and it's like, look, it's a child's face. It's a baby's face. And then starts eating it. Like, you know those taste grows. But it was, yeah, that was very funny. And then they turn around and see the fisheye mirror put them in a horror, in a, um, well, in a haunted house look. 
and they grab some unsuspecting Walgreens employee and demand to know where all the baby's souls are. Yeah, like none. They realize they've been tricked. Um, so right before this happens, there's some girls come into the store dressed as the Sanderson sisters and want to take a picture with them, not realizing, you know, they're the real ones. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, photograph, photo, what? Like, they seem freaked out because they don't know what that means. But as soon as the girl holds the phone up for the selfie, they smile and pose. Like, it Mm -hmm. was silly. It didn't make sense, but it was just cute and funny. Yeah. And so, but I think the reason why they didn't realize that they were the real ones is revealed later. Yeah. Everybody dresses up as the Sanderson sisters. And so they decide that they are going to brew these 40-year-old virgins, virgin teenagers up for a nice little batch of witches brew, and they get thrown into the dungeon. Which, where was that in the first movie, and why didn't they put Danny in there along with the two hoodlums? I don't know. I don't think we're supposed to think about that. But the um, the revelation of the dungeon was fun. They're yeah. like, What? Because Gilbert's been working in this house mm-hmm. for however long, maybe his whole life, and didn't even know about it. Oh. Oh? Um, have we understood yet? They realize that um, the mayor is a direct descendant of the reverend from the beginning. I don't know if we're there yet. Not yet. I think that's actually about to happen because once they go back to the... Once they go back to the house, now the magic shop, they see the pictures of Mayor Trask all over the floor, and they put two and two together and come up with 93. And so they throw the girls in the dungeon, start trying to figure out the spell, and Book doesn't like it. Yeah, because she's decided they're going to do Magica Mystica, or Maxima. I'm getting, all, getting myself mixed up. I don't have a book to look at. Abacadabby. Magic. I don't know if it's Magica or Magikai. I think they say it's said both ways. Um, but Maxima, like the bad spell. Well, as long as you don't say it six times and then get it wrong on the seventh, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Book is like resistant, which we knew he would be because at the beginning Mother Witch says, well, Book doesn't like that one. Which, of course, how would she know if she hadn't done it? But, so, when he starts trying to figure out what is needed to make the spell and sends Gilbert off on a nice little scavenger hunt throughout the city. Yeah, she like curses him, so he has to do it. Yeah. And, of course, we have the reappearance of the original um, Disney zombie because he was the old boyfriend. And then we get his nice little backstory, which I loved his backstory. I I did, too. And I liked, um, we had seen him in the opening sequence, too, which Mm -hmm. was a fun little nod to the original. So I hadn't looked at cast list, so I didn't know that the actor had come back. To play yeah. him in his adult form. So I didn't see it coming, which made, like, at the beginning of the movie, when we see young Billy Butcherson, um, that made that a fun moment. But then then he's back, and he gets to talk because his mouth isn't sewn shut for the whole movie this time. Um, 
I I loved Billy. Yeah, and we come to find out the reason why he is alive is because he wasn't put back to sleep 30 years prior, which I liked. Mm-hmm. And so we cut back to the dungeon that was non-existent in the first movie, and the girls have pulled out Angelica Leaves, which is a um, a cure-all for all things spellbound. And they get out of the dungeon and start trying to call the mayor's daughter, who happens to be their third person that they had hung out with until she started dating the, the airhead jock. Um, so her name is Cassie, the mayor's daughter, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, her boyfriend was annoying, but like we do get <laughs> that he's like, he doesn't realize that he's kind of a bully. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like when they pointed out to him that he's like, oh my gosh, I have so many people to apologize to because he, he's too stupid to know that he's being mean. Mm-hmm. Um. So I liked that little twist on the bully that he just didn't understand what he was doing. Um, and he was actually good natured. Yeah. Um, and so from there, we jump back to the Sanderson sisters who went somewhere and lost. No, where do they actually find the Winnie's broom and then the Swiffer and the two Roombas? Oh, they, Is that at Walgreens? Yeah, they, they, Flew out of Walgreens on those things. And so we have the two Roombas actually following Mary, and you know that that's going to come back like a Chekhov's gun in the third act. And so they're flying around trying to find... Because they come back and find out that the girls have gotten out, Mm -hmm. and they start trying to find Trask, and he all he wants is a poison apple. Okay. He yeah he wants a caramel apple from like Sandy's or something I don't mm-hmm. remember. Um, this side plot is funny, but like I could have done without it. Yeah. Um, I I would have I don't know I I haven't really organized my thoughts on this because <laughs> I love Tony Hale. I was so excited when I realized that the Reverend was Tony Hale, and then we see him pop up later as as a descendant of the reverend it's like oh this is going to be great i love him and i loved this character but um i don't know i like i wish they would have done something else with him uh it just it was silly it it's it felt sitcommy i think mm-hmm. instead of like this is a movie um but whatever um he, that's like his mission they're trying to find him, not realizing that they're all at the same, like, Halloween festival in, I guess, the town square. Um, one part of this that made me laugh so much is that there's a lady, like a vendor, running around saying, poisoned apple? Do you want a poisoned apple? And Winifred is like, oh, my gosh, you shouldn't be telling them they're poisoned. They won't eat them. Yeah, and I think she was supposed to be the um, Wicked Witch from... Snow White. Yeah, the evil queen. Yeah. Yeah, so silly. It just was good. Of course, then we get another song. Yes, and what a song it was. So the Sanderson sisters finally locate Mayor Trask, and the way that they do that is by going to a drag show 
where they are giving away the most realistic Sanderson sisters a trophy. Yeah. I actually it's I don't think it's a drag show, although there are drag queens, like real life drag queens um playing <laughs> a couple of these characters cuz there's like some teen girls that are dressed up kind yeah. of side. So it's like a costume contest, I guess, at the big Halloween festival. Yeah, and so, of course, Winnie thinks that she's going to win, and she does not. And she gets sideways and decides to put an entire spell on the town again, a.k.a. the first movie. Yes. Except this time, the town starts doing the thriller. Yeah, she, like, uses her, well, the sisters, not just Winnie. They do a rousing cover of One Way or Another. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I felt about about it. Like, it was fun, of course. Like, you expect it because mm-hmm. what happened in the first movie. But I wish they'd used some other song. Um, but then, like, they curse everyone in attendance to, like, lead them to the mayor. Yeah. Which and... they do very slowly. And the instant that they all get to the mayor, they just poof out of it. And it's like, well, that like, was... Oh. What, what am I doing here? Why, why don't, what, what were we just doing? Weren't, weren't we at a concert or something? Yeah, like, mission accomplished, spell is broken. Um, I loved as they're surrounding him, doing their little dance, that the, like, Mayor Trask is just like, oh, you're, this is great, you're a flash mob, I love flash mobs, I watch these on YouTube. So cute, like I said, I love Tony Hale. But somewhere during this, we get the most meta moment of the movie. Because we have two guys watching the original movie during the sequel. Mm-hmm. And it is the Penny and Gary Marshall part. Yeah. I saw so much, um, like, so many complaints about that on the internet. Um, like, it didn't make sense. Um, it is very meta. But it's like, okay, you have to just not think about it. Like, you're supposed to be enjoying this ride. I'm critical. Like, a lot of us who (laughs) love the first movie so much are being hypercritical because they had almost 30 years to make this movie and Mm -hmm. get it right. Like, I think when you've dedicated 30 years to something, you get, you kind of have the right to be opinionated about how they do. Like, it's just how fandoms work. Yeah. But, like, this one little piece, I was like, oh my gosh, let it go. It was like a tribute to the Marshalls yeah. who are no longer with us. Um, they're brilliant in that scene. Like, it was fun to see. I, it made yeah. me And so after that, of course, the Trasks, or the Trask is located. And something happens that he doesn't get captured. And so the next thing, oh, that's right, because the, because the, because Becca calls the dad to tell her that there is a, party going on at his house and he's like well who's there he's like everybody and so the daughter gets grounded until god only knows when and this is the second time that salt is actually used during the movie which was kind of cool because it actually is a part of a lot of other witch movies that they that witches and spirits can't get through Salt. Yeah, so here's, um, I, I didn't, this was irritating. Um, like, I liked that they used it. It's a callback to the original 
because Allison Reed said in the book, a circle of salt will protect you from your enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, like we know if you, everybody knows what this means, mm-hmm. the witches know what it means because when Allison does it in the first movie, Winifred like calls her out. like, Oh, you're clever. Like she knew what it meant, but here they, they entrap them in the salt salt circle, whatever they're trapped in the garage in a circle of salt. But they like the witches are surprised. Like they are confused and caught off guard. They, they seem like they don't understand what's happening as they're in until Becca explains like it's salt. Like it, it does this, like she over explains it to them. Like that doesn't make sense. Winifred was a powerful witch she mm-hmm. knew about this in the first movie. She knows what salt is. Like, so I don't know why they did it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. But it sets us up for a really funny like moment later on. Yes, when we have Chekhov's Roomba roll in <laughs> and literally sweep up the salt so yeah. the three of them can get out and run amok again. I feel like I should have seen that coming. Um, but it... It was such a, like, cute, fun little surprise. And so Gilbert has collected all of the things, the Magica Mystery Tour. <laughs> Magica Mystery um, Yes, that too. The spell. <laughs> and he takes it to the center of the woods, and Billy's body follows along behind them for whatever reason. And so the sisters show up. And suddenly Sarah and Mary have power. Um, okay, so on the Billy thing, so like the spell calls for the head of a lover or whatever. Um, Not a lover. He only kissed her once. Get her right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technicality. <laughs> um, we kind of like we had we got real excited about Billy and then we didn't talk about him again. So the funnest thing was like watching like as Gilbert has convinced Billy to help him find all the things for the spell under the guise of like, I'm going to do a spell to get rid of her forever. Um, they go to the, like the town festival, like the, the little scavenger hunt to get all of the ingredients. Billy and Gilbert's adventures were fun. Billy was really fun, like playing darts. And then of course, Gilbert steals his head and the body's just wandering around. Um, super fun. I loved it. I think um, they get powers because she does the incantation. I don't think she's finished it yet, but like the sisters end up with like hand magic where they're like shooting lasers or whatever everywhere. Yeah, and when Mary started shooting them out of her fingers and she was going pew pew (laughs) we were both just laughing because we do that each other just on well my wife and i do that each other just when we're feeling silly so it kind of cracked me up and then she she puts her hands down like there she's yeah holsters so i mean and i I guess I didn't realize that that was like during the second and third incantations of the magical mystery tour. That's what I'm going with. We are, I'm not, I, I can't say the actual spell. And so by this time, my wife has figured out what's going to happen in the movie. And she's telling me this is not going to end up well because 
the younger coven reads the warning that the spell takes what you value most. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Winnie's worried about being all-powerful and everything like that. She never read the warning. Yeah, of course not, because she just wanted the power. She didn't care about what it took. And so we actually see the first turn in the movie when they're having their confrontation, and Becca actually calls for the book, and she says, I'm talking to the book, and the book comes to her, and I'm like... Yeah, she's powerful. Yeah. Which we saw a little bit of the power when she started using her little hand flames or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we can just say hand magic? I don't know. She has like a little glowing something to her hand at some point. She like is able to, well, I think this is coming up, but... um, yeah, we jumped all over this movie. So yeah, she like is able to like conjure kind of a force field or like a protective mm-hmm. something. I don't think she initially meant to. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Winifred is about to shoot, like she shoots lightning or magic or whatever at them, and she throws her hands up, and boom, force field. And so, of course, we have a little showdown, and the new coven, which is the three girls from the present start talking about how it's all three of them that makes it more powerful and they start putting they put their hands together and suddenly they have the full force field back because it's starting to deteriorate from everybody shooting their hand lasers at yeah hand lasers that's that's what it is yeah um, and Winifred's like so perplexed is at about this because she doesn't understand like the the magic is more powerful when it's shared. She because she, she didn't read, excuse mm-hmm. me, the whole like warning before the spell. Yeah, because if she did, we wouldn't have a movie. Yeah. So the sisters keep doing the spell and they complete it, and they have a few minutes where they're all powerful and they have all three of them are all powerful and you see the the spell out of once upon a time when um when love's true kish actually ends the first season spoiler i'm sorry if you haven't watched it and so suddenly they start trying out their things and they're all floating and then Mary and Sarah start evaporating because somebody has thrown the snap on them. <laughs> okay, well, we went from Hocus Pocus 2 to Once Upon a Time, which is the show that my family loved, um, to Thanos. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> hey, it's all connected. It's all Disney. Okay, so, like, I think I said earlier, the witches were scarier in the first movie, and they lose a lot of that in the second mm-hmm. movie. Um, I still feel that way. But, like, this whole last, like, third or fourth of the movie um, is where they get scary again. Because uh, Winifred is just, like, power-hungry and um, will stop at nothing and is, like, attacking children like mm-hmm. you expect her to because she's, like, the worst witch that's ever lived. Um, when they do the final incantation and she gets her powers and the sisters start to, um, like disintegrate and they're like, Oh no. Um, it gets real sweet, real fast. Um, 
which I didn't expect. And I like, okay. <laughs> to tell the truth, I was taking, I was on painkillers the first night I watched this movie. Um, so I did get caught up in the emotion a little bit. Um, cause <laughs> I was like a little loopy. Um, but even then I thought this is weird. Like they're supposed to be scary witches and it just got very sappy, very fast. Um, where they, so I think when you put it next to the first movie, when they start to disintegrate, it's like funny. Like they, they know what's happening and they're just like, Oh no, goodbye. And it's kind of funny, but they aren't like really acting mushy or scared. It happens pretty fast. Winifred doesn't care in the yeah, first movie. She's got all power. Oh, she's, the first movie. In the first movie, yeah. She's, um, I'm, I'm comparing the, the sisters disintegrating. Mm-hmm. So in the first movie, it happens pretty fast. They realize what's happening. They say goodbye. They're just like, okay, goodbye. Um, and Winifred doesn't give a crap because she's too focused on, like, sucking the life out of Max until mm-hmm. she realizes it's too late. And then she also... Turns, she turns to stone and then poofs. In this one, um, the sisters start to do their like sparkly disintegration, and they're like, "Oh no, what's happening? It's long and drawn out." Um, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be so such a stickler about it. But then they're scared where they hadn't been scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess that's not true. They were comically scared in the first one. And this one, they were more like emotional scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which is better. And maybe it's unfair because I do love the first movie much. But then Winifred is like sad. I guess that's understandable. Mm-hmm. But like, I think where I'm going is like, I she gets kind of a happy ending. And it's like thanking the, the girls. Um, you know, because they are able to do the spell to what I guess she thinks is going to bring them back. But what did mm-hmm. it sends her to wherever they're at in the afterlife? Who knows? It doesn't explain. But they go and see Gary Marshall. Yeah. If we if we believe our Bible, they went <laughs> to see Gary Marshall and we'll just leave it at that. Well, yeah, they but she's like, I don't know. She it's she gets. A happy ending. It's like a little too sugary Disney happy ending for Winifred. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, did we forget that she's been focused on killing kids forever? Um, I don't know. Like, I didn't. I loved their backstory in the beginning. I did not need this like three minute redemption arc at the end, which really isn't a redemption arc. She's just like, oh no, I'm sad. Like she realizes she's nothing without her sisters. Mm-hmm. This is the part where I'm like, where's mother witch? We know she's around. We've seen the bird. Yeah. Should have shown up around this time. It really, she should have shown up at the beginning of this when the fight is starting. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen mother witch anywhere in this like last half hour of this movie. Yeah. And maybe that's something that there were, already working on since after the girls start doing the Sanderson walk and then start saying, what are we doing? We don't know. 
and then we fade to black and as all disney movies or all marvel disney movies now have you have a post credit scene which is cobweb aka binks well i still think it's binks i don't think it's binks because he moved on to be with his sister but um yeah he, it's like, oh, he's not, he's harmless or whatever. He's Gilbert's cat. But yeah. So, Bink slash Cobweb jumps up on the shelf at Gilbert's Magic Shop. And you see that there is another black flame, clan, black, say that three times fast. Black <laughs> flame candle sitting up there. So you know that Disney has something in the pipes. Yeah, so maybe they're going to have Mother Witch show up and try to turn the new coven bad. I don't know. That might be a nice touch. And of course, you'd have to have the Sanderson sisters back if they're all still alive when they make this in 30 years. They can't wait that long. So here's the deal. As like, like before the credits roll... The girls are walking down the street away from the woods or whatever. Um, like you said, what do we do now? Well, I don't know. Um, the bird appears and follows them down the street before it cuts, mm. fades to black, whatever. Um, we get we get the witches singing that song that they sang when they first appeared, which mm. I felt was like a little gratuitous, but it was cute to see them like in a recording booth in character doing the song. It was just... That you can't really criticize it. It was just bonus fun. Yeah. Because we love these characters. Okay. So we know unless it was just a... Unless it was something to make the internet explode, there's probably going to be a Hocus Pocus 3. Yeah. If we if we are the ones that are writing it, how would you do it? Um, okay. And listen up, Disney, because this is probably what most people want. Here's, I don't know about that, but like I have a couple things, like because I've, I've you know I've had a week to think about this since I've watched it first. Um, I want more of the Sanderson sisters' backstory. Mm-hmm. I've loved seeing them as young girls. Um, I want I want more of that. I want to see them like we see Winifred has turned sixteen. She gets the book from Mother Witch. Mother Witch, like, is sniffing her, which is kind of creepy, but also perfect, um, because you want creepy. And she's like, you're very powerful. Like, I can smell your power. Like, I want to see them come into their power, like, between Winifred turning 16 and 1693, um, where we meet Thackeray Banks and Emily and all of that. I want to see those years. And then I want a Mother Witch movie, whether it's... Um, Actually, it needs to be a prequel to the prequel because um, I <laughs> I want to see her story. Like, mm-hmm. what an interesting character. I wish we'd have gotten more. I hope that they didn't give us more of her because they're saving it for later. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I want Mother Witch's backstory. I want the same actress because she's brilliant. Um, and then a sequel instead of prequel. Like, I do want to see Mother Witch, like, interfering in these young girls' um, lives or witchcraft or whatever. So you actually want three more movies out of this, is what I'm hearing. Because you want the prequel before the prequel, then you want the prequel, 
and then you want the sequel to the prequel before the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> and have I completely lost you? Something like that. Um, like, I mean, I'd be happy with any one of those, but those like are three things that I would love to see come out of this because, um, uh, I love the first one, like everybody, well, not everyone. I've heard plenty of people say, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't know why people love it so much. Um, but there's a huge fandom for the first movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. I liked this one, but like I said earlier, like I could rip it apart because there's just so many things that I like, I wanted to like more, but I just didn't. Um, or that I wish they'd done differently. I felt like it felt like the first movie felt like a theatrical release movie where this felt more like dis- like a Disney Channel movie. movie. Hmm. Not even Disney Plus, like Disney Channel. Um, which th- those aren't bad, but I don't <laughs> know. It's, I think, like I know a lot of people loved this one and were like, oh, they gave it the perfect ending. Um, I wish they'd done some things differently. I liked it fine. But, like, if this gave us any of those other things that I mentioned, then it will have been worth it. I'm kind of like you. I want more backstory on both Mother Witch and on the Sandersons. Like I said, they squandered something unless they have something in the pipe where they are trying to... Make us wait for Hocus Pocus 3 to find out what took Winifred from 16 to 40 years later. So she was 56, which probably is about right for the first movie. Yeah. What took her to those, to where she was, and why were the other two sisters not quite as on her level? Was she holding them back? Was she not sharing the spells, only sharing pieces of them to keep them as lackeys, for lack of a better term, but we know they aren't lackeys. Yeah. I wonder, because, like, it kind of seems like the sisters and then the friend group um, have, like, the same structure of, like, one's clearly very powerful. Mm-hmm. The other two are kind of more supportive witches, because, um, like, we see that with the girls in the beginning when they go off into the woods to do their little, like, what they are calling the birthday ritual or something. Like, mm-hmm. they've been doing this thing as, like, just for childhood fun. And then it turns out, ooh, one of us really is a witch. Are you a good witch or a bad witch, dearie? <laughs> and, and that was the bad impression of the night. <laughs> Okay, have we torn both movies satisfactorily to Pete? Anything you want to add that we left on the chopping room? Oh, there's all kinds of fun little things in both of the movies, really. Um, In the first one, well, I I could talk about it all night, but I love where um, Gary Marshall's character refers to his wife as little woman. And Winifred's like, he has a little woman. Um, and then of course, when in the second movie, when they go into the Trask house, um, and Winifred says to her sister, spread out and Sarah just like stretches her arms out and kind of starts to like slowly descend into the splits or whatever. Super funny. 
Well, when we actually get to the official release, we may pull this back out. Dust off the duel and actually do a good full Be Kind Rewind synopsis and everything else on it. So you will have plenty of plenty of opportunity to give us the three hour extended <laughs> director's extra trailer edition of this show. Great. In twenty years when we get to it. Fifteen. Oh we we cool. <laughs> Well, we have been talking for Longer than most people would probably be listening to me by now. So we are going to go ahead and put a nice, tidy black bow, because that's all that you can wear in Salem in 1693. (laughs) And we will tell you that we are going to do an additional Halloween episode, which will actually release for the first week in November. It is on Disney Plus. It is 55 minutes of black and white extravaganza, extravaganza that is known as Werewolf by Night. Kyra has already watched it. She's posted her initial thoughts on it online. So I already know she's excited. I'm excited about it because it's Marvel and I want to see what they're doing with it. So you probably have already watched it so send us what you think about it or what you think about hocus pocus and hocus pocus 2 you can send it to be kind rewind dmp of course the dmp stands for disney plus movie podcast at gmail.com and when we get your emails we will read them on the air so that way the people know that other people are listening we do have a lot of of new listeners out there we thank you for being on with us thank you for sticking around for the longer than usual episodes but we want to give you new stuff along with our classic stuff which 1977 isn't really classic unless you're a (laughs) t-bird because it's younger than me now but we will be back to normal programming in three weeks because we'll actually move the um old school saturday to after the um werewolf by night episode and so as it is always the case until we speak again kyra's already waiting for it stay safe stay hungry and stay out of burial man oh i thought you were gonna say like it's just a copy to melica mystica i can't say any of those words <laughs> Well, I had to think it and then say it kind of slow. So let's hear you say it six more times. I want to see what happens. Mm, Can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, y'all have a good night, good morning, good afternoon, and we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Did you ever have the pleasure or... Displeasure of reading any Alice in Wonderland?
film. Yeah. It, have you have you ever read a book about a film about a movie about? <laughs> no. And I, I think, think so. I found my outro. 